0: Welcome back to another episode of Textual Healing. This is Mallory Smart. Thanks for joining me for another wild show. We have a very special guest today, but before we get into that, I'd like to back up and tell you a little bit about Textual Healing. It's a weekly podcast that interviews writers about music, books, genres that drive them, and other fun facts. If you want to support us, follow us on Twitter at PodHealing.com rate us on Apple Podcasts, or subscribe on Spotify. All help matters when it comes to a show like this, where we try to give writers a platform to speak about who they really are and what influences their amazing writing. People like today's guest, Nick Gregorio. This is Nick's second time on the show, and funnily enough, the first time was the very first episode of Textual Healing, making him a skinny legend in my book. He's on today to discuss his new novel, Launch Me to the Stars. I'm Finished Here, coming out this summer from Trident Press. And as a special treat for textual healing listeners, you can type in a code on their site for a 10% discount on your order. It's Trident Press in all caps. And in case you just missed that, I'll be sure to share it in the show notes. But back to Nick. On today's show, we talk about his band, teaching, accidentally veer into horror movies, chat about how he chooses his characters' names, and how this book relates to his first novel, Good Grief. I promise we get far more into his book, Launch Me to the Stars, but it isn't until the midpoint of the episode, because we're weird like that. So to keep you listening while we go off into our tangents, I thought I'd give you a bit more info now. Launch Me to the Stars, I'm finished here, is a quirky, voice-driven novel that reflects on the wondrous joys and crushing pains that people will endure for their loved ones through a uniquely subversive lens. It's full of humor, the stark realities of mental health, and has a good dash of science fiction in there was i vague enough to keep you intrigued i hope so because nick is much better at telling us what it's actually about and i promise you he actually gives you details so stick with us and enjoy the show welcome back thanks it's good to be back you know my favorite thing is um you were the very first guest on this podcast. I remember
1: that. Yeah, I thought so, and uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny.
0: Oh no! What's even better is um, the sound quality was shit <laughs> in the first one, and I almost have to tell everybody right now. I had a different microphone, and I was in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like I, I, I was actually cupping the microphone too. <laughs> That's funny. But now, now we're all established in a nice computer on a good microphone. Perfect. <laughs> I have my like Dale Cooper like little doll thing right next to me giving me the thumbs up and he's like ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> very good. So, okay. For those people who did not listen to the very first episode and missed out on all of our audio calamity how about your mind, everybody? Who you are?
1: <laughs> um, I'm Nick Gregorio. I'm a writer, nerd, dad, husband, punk, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and uh, you and 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 Maudlin House put out my first book, and now I have a new novel coming out soon.
0: <laughs> I know you're like a writing machine. You intimidate the shit out of me.
1: <laughs> that's that's impossible. I I just uh uh I I, I don't know it, it's like a compulsion. It's it's like a it's like a bad habit I can't kick. I just continue to, to write stories or have something in my brain. It's like, "Hey, you know what? Maybe you should tell this really bizarre disturbing story to somebody."
0: <laughs> I mean, living inside your mind seems like it could be a very fascinating thing to do. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's weird, man. It's weird. I mean, <laughs>
0: especially with this book. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to tell people what it's about? By the way, the cover. Wow.
1: Well, that's that's not the cover
0: yet. Oh, really? Yeah. So
1: that was just a promo image I made um, on Canva.
0: Oh, I was gonna say I wanted to make love to that cover.
1: Oh <laughs> no, yeah, no. Actually, now I wish I'd gone with that instead. <laughs> but um, no, Kevin Samsel actually doing a collage cover, um, and he's right, working you on told that me now. That. Yeah. yeah, so that should be. I came up with the concept for it. I also using Canva, um, <laughs> and then he agreed to make something based on that concept. So. Um, it's very exciting, because he's I think the best.
0: That, like, right now it seems like Canva is the sponsor of this episode.
1: That's <laughs> well, the only way I know how to do anything for um, social media marketing purposes, you know, trying to tell people, hey, look, I am a writer, and I know how to do it and sell books. But I, I mean, don't really know how to do that, so.
0: <laughs> I was literally just <laughs> on it. Right before we started I was just like, oh, I gotta get some more promo For Kirstie's episode that we haven't even recorded yet
1: <laughs> That's too funny Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's pretty terrific A nice little tool um, And like, I was, I was talking to Nate The editor-in-chief from Trident Press And I made those images in like, November <laughs> and every couple month, couple weeks, I'd be like, "Hey, Nate, do you think I could, you know, tell people that I have a book coming out soon?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "No, no, no, we don't want to step on anybody's shoes," which is good. It was a great thing because he just, you know, he was at, they tried it and was bringing books out one at a time, and I felt good about it. But my God, I was anxious as hell.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, probably like crack addicting. Like I, I didn't tell everybody <laughs> about the book. Like you really yeah. wanted to. <laughs>
1: Oh, totally. And, like, I don't know if it was just to satisfy my own personal need for, like, attention, (laughs) but one way or another, (laughs) I was pretty pleased when he told me I could do it.
0: Okay, no one becomes a writer and then gets to say that they don't want attention.
1: (laughs) It's true. That's what we all want. Yeah, totally. There has to be an ego involved, because if there's not, I, I I don't believe you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly, put a fake name on it Or whatever, like, yeah. come on You want yeah. everybody to know Nick Gregorio Writing legend
1: <laughs> yeah. well I just like the idea of like You know, uh, people are like, oh I, I write For me, no, yeah Me um, too, but like yeah. I don't want to be the only one Reading it Because <laughs> if, if it just Sits there, you know, you might Have, you've come up with something that's Worth Doing, so it's got to be worth People seeing too, so
0: well, hopefully it's worth something. <laughs>
1: um, that's always the gamble, right? You never know. <laughs> you never know.
0: I mean, seriously, I I have seen people do some pretty worthless shit with books, so
1: <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's 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 true and funny.
0: I'll say, like you work at a school. I'm so, sure I'm too. sure you've seen some pretty shitty stuff.
1: <laughs> Man, let me tell you. I've seen many a shitty thing. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I mean, you say that in general, then, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, some of the... <laughs> I, I did have a creative writing class uh, at the high school that I would teach at. And, you know, bless them, man. They, they were trying to, you know, get it out on the page. But some of the things that these kids were coming up with was the darkest, most disturbing shit <laughs> I could even think of. I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is intense.
0: Okay, to go into an area that no one likes to go into, but I was just like, fuck it, let's see. Yeah. I was actually going to ask chat GBT if it had any questions for you. (laughs) Oh, no. And I said, come up with a bunch of dark but funny Gen Z-style questions to ask someone in an interview. (laughs) Okay. And this is how you know it's fucked up because it says, I'm sorry, I cannot fulfill that request as it is inappropriate and potentially offensive.
1: Oh my god (laughs) See that's why You know what AI still has rules It's not the Terminator yet
0: Not yet (laughs) But you know what I like the idea That like the Terminator Has like A bit of like Etiquette there
1: Yeah no I appreciate that kind of thing
0: Yeah For sure If they're gonna take us over At least you know Be nice to us
1: yeah, and then the slaughter, and then bring the slaughter, and then everything will be fine because we won't be around to care. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, they're just gonna like trick us into it, you know, and so be like, we totally really am. care about your feelings. Tell us about that, and then they're gonna slowly take over the world. Yeah, and
1: then they melt you.
0: <laughs> I thought that's what we do to them in the movie. Yeah,
1: well, well, then you know they they turn it around on everybody.
0: It's like a revenge thing. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm in a like very Terminatory mood.
1: Ain't nothing wrong with that on uh, movie rules,
0: Peacock right now. They have, and I was just like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing, and this is where I'm going to go geek for a second. <laughs> uh, franchises. It has a whole section for just franchises. So really? it has every Terminator movie under one thing. It has every Jurassic Park movie, every Harry yes. Potter movie. That one was fun because we found out that there are actual cut scenes from Harry Potter, and they threw them into it. And I was really? like, dear God, that's awesome. <laughs> Stuff like if you read the book and you watched the movies like prior, you'd be like, I don't understand how they'd get it. They did have scenes that explained it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, there, there was so much in those movies that they just glossed over. You know what I mean?
0: I will forever hate the sixth movie, because even <laughs> with adding the cut scenes, I was like, this is a travesty. Yeah, I'm a Harry Potter things- nerd.
1: Yeah, I used to, um, so I really loved reading the books, and I, when the movies came out, I was always sort of, uh, unenthused about them, um, and I'm pretty much enthused about everything, like, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that just kind of likes liking stuff, um, so when I told people that I didn't like the Harry Potter movies, they were, like, hurt,
0: I took like, that as like a personal tack,
1: yeah, I'm like I, but I don't know what to tell you the only good, The only one I liked is Asgaban, and everybody seems Whoa. to hate that one, <laughs> yeah, you
0: know what it is? I think it's because in my opinion, it's the weakest book in the series, but you what see are you it's do?
1: my favorite book, and mostly because time travel, and anything involved time travel I'm in
0: see that I will so like you and I this whole episode will get into that, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try not to. <laughs> It is so funny though, like because I do have those people who also hate the movies. I actually have one friend, okay, well not really friend, friend of a friend, okay, and she despises the movies, but she started a Harry Potter rock band,
1: like a themed rock band or like yes,
0: they they dress like wizards and all the songs are like from the Wizarding World. Oh my god! And they tour. I didn't believe it at first until, like, I saw, and I was like, what's going on here? Oh, my God.
1: You know what? Committing to that kind of shtick is is commendable. Um, Because there's a punk band called Boldly Go, and they are a Star Trek-themed punk band. And they uh, they sing, all their lyrics are about Star Trek stuff. And as a Trekkie myself, it's just the greatest thing (laughs) I could possibly imagine. (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. I love Trukies. You and I. See, what is it? We're in such a good, like, fan club group. We both love Gilmore Girls. Yes. We're both into punk. <laughs> yes. Like, we, we're good with each other.
1: Yeah, and that's why it worked. That's why our friendship has, has stood the test of time.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, like, I was talking about it the other day because um, someone was looking at my bookshelf, and I have one that's devoted to the Malden House authors, and they're yeah. like, who's your favorite author? And I just had to be like, I don't like a lot of them. Some of them I do like. I'm not telling you who. Some are assholes. Some are amazing to hang out with. You'll never know. One, I've had a good amount of alcohol with. It was a good time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah
1: Portland was uh, drank a lot.
0: That was a very good time. I love that Portland.
1: Was, that was awesome.
0: And the yeah. two times in uh, Denver.
1: Yes, oh my God. Metal I drank bar. so much I nearly forgot it. My God, that was a, that place is great.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am so hazy on everything that happened. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> but I do have a tattoo that reminds me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to do a little summer tour, and by tour I mean um, every other weekend to go to a place and, and read from this new book. Um, and I want to go to Trident Books in Boulder, um, mostly because, you know, that's where Some Trident Mothership. Press is based out of. But also, I want to go to that, you know, death metal bar again <laughs> in Denver.
0: Oh my God, I almost want to say instead of like us hanging out in Chicago, although I really want to, we're mm-hmm. press buddies. Like, we should we both are. go.
1: Holy Jesus. Yes, once once the guy from the bookstore. Let's uh, get Claire gets on it too. To me, oh well, you see that I'm actually going to North Carolina um, in July uh, and reading with Claire.
0: She's got energy. She can go to another one. <laughs> <laughs> Have What's you it? ever spoken to her?
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually, no. I've only talked to her uh, via Instagram and Twitter.
0: Oh, she she's really cool. Yeah.
1: No, she's wonderful. Like, she's um, been a champion of my work for ever and she might be one of the best writers writing right now. She's incredible.
0: One hundred and ten percent agree. As we're trying to promote your writing, it's going to yeah. be like you are the subpar yeah, right. writer well, that we we're talking about.
1: I mean, you know very well that that is just my personality. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Like you know, textual healing. Know that you know Nick is really hard on himself, and that's okay. Show him yeah. love. Yeah. Buy the damn book.
1: Yeah. When, when uh, June seventeenth, I believe it's coming out. So.
0: Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. You know what sucks? It's like in my mind, I'm like, I know I have something that I have to do that day. Don't you hate it when you're an adult and suddenly you know that far in advance? Like yes. Like that date. Yeah. However many months away from this. Like I put something in my calendar. Let's see, shall we?
1: You know, and like you know, my, my son is 14 months old yesterday And since he was born, it's, I, I know I have like the next 18 years planned out. (laughs) So it's just, there's just so much stuff to do all the time. That's Um, why
0: I'm shocked that you keep writing.
1: Well, I, to, to be totally honest with you, I, I, I I write at work.
0: (laughs) And, And on TikTok, you're doing your cool punk shit.
1: Yeah. Don't try to. And then, um, I wrote uh, an entire novel over summer break. So I'm an administrator. I'm the dean. And um, I would go in Monday through Thursday from 9 to 2. Um, and hopefully no one's listening. No one, <laughs> but like, um, and I would write from 9 to 2 every day.
0: I would say, like, be a little careful. People will catch stuff about you. I found yeah. out that back in high school, this is a shitbag thing I did. I found out that my dean got a DUI, and I actually found his mugshot and printed it and uh, put it in all the stairwells. <laughs> oh, my God. He was a dick, though. Oh, yeah. So, I
1: mean, you can't be a douche. If you're going to be a douche, you get your, your mugshot plastered he was on the like wall.
0: The principal in the Breakfast Club, like, that was his personality. Mm. And it's like, you know yeah. what? This shit is, you deserve it
1: Yeah, no, there was, that, that guy's the worst That guy is the win, like as a dean now Like I used to be able, to, so if I finally crossed into Well let me start by saying I found myself to be an effective teacher Because I knew how to relate to kids And I still do to an extent I'm like, I'm an 18 year old in a 37 year old body You know what I mean? That's how I've been, how I've thought of myself for so long but i've been left behind you know all the kids they've they've gone beyond my understanding so it's now become i'm no longer the guy that understands them i'm the guy that just bothers them so <laughs> 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 um which which kind of sucks
0: i mean i always thought that i would be like understanding of what the teenagers ran to. Yeah, I'm just going to call them the teenagers, the kids, whatever, <laughs> as a 32-year-old. But it's because I always felt like I blended with them, yep. and I have a lot of similar interests. But I'm with you. Like, they're flying by. I don't yeah. get it.
1: And, and like, the, the, the way the world has accelerated and just how it shifts so fast, um, there's, like... Even if we were able to manage to catch up, they would be beyond that when we did it. You know what I mean? It's, it, I don't I know how they do it.
0: talking to my sister at Christmas, not this year, but last year, and she was so drunk, and she was asking me the slang that she, they all use. Yeah. And she's like, you know this one, you know that one. I was like, that's two months ago. They don't say that anymore. <laughs> now, though, I just don't know. Cause
1: my two favorite nieces, they just,
0: they're out of high
1: school now. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I, I know. I, we, you know, I, I'm, I'm familiar with like the, the Philly centric slang, like John, like that's just, you can do that. You can use that for any word, just replace it with John. It's fine. It works. But everything else, I'm, I'm, it's gone. I don't know any of it. Um, and the kids will ask me a question when I'm in the hall. And I'll have no idea what it means. And I'll be like, I don't know what that means. And they'll all laugh and walk away. It's the biggest blow to your ego you can possibly imagine.
0: I mean, that's what you get for having your personality, Nick. <laughs> they think <laughs> yeah, that you get them. Yeah, well, I have listen, seen you wearing a Hellfire Club shirt. They think you're one of them. They you know,
1: it's fun. And, I, you know, Superman belt buckle See? every day. You know?
0: You're just but confusing them.
1: No, man, they're confusing me. <laughs> Don't do that to me.
0: <laughs> You're just going to have to finally be an adult and dress like them. Oh, God, that just kills me, the idea of doing that. Don't do that, Nick. No. No, I'm,
1: no. listen, I think that, that whole being an adult thing, it doesn't exist. <laughs> That's not a thing.
0: Although I have noticed now I'm in my 30s that I did suddenly have, like, adult, like, inklings, like how I just said the kids. Yeah, right. (laughs) That freaked my ass out because, like, my niece turned 21 during the pandemic. And I was just like, oh, okay, I can't take you out. And that's the fun thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to get you drunk. Totally irresponsible. But, you know, I got her drunk the first time years before. (laughs) It was a wedding. It's allowed for some reason. It's a loophole. Yes. Finally, this year... I was able to take her out, her and her friends, to a Taylor Swift dance party. <laughs> and I shit you not, I was, like, momming the entire time.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Like, I didn't even realize it. Like, one, none of them knew how old I was. A lot of them were, like, 25, 26. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, I'll go for it. Until they were all trying to do the shit that, like, you know, when you're nervous in your 20s and be like, oh, I want this, I want that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're an adult. You're like, oh, all right, I'll get this for the kids. They're, they're shy. <laughs> and I'm as really they done. left, like, I was just like, all right, guys, get home safe. And like I was talking to and I was like, I really hope that the kids had a good time. And we were both like, <laughs> did we say kids again?
1: <laughs> That's such a shame, right? Because you know, everybody has that moment where you're like, oh, God, I, I, this is I've crossed over.
0: I know, like one second you're like really loudly saying like love story with like tequila shots, and the next second you're like <laughs> trying to help them into an Uber and be like, "Okay, kids, have a good time, yeah, <laughs> get home
1: seriously. safe." Seriously, I mean, I was I, I used to go to um, Fest in Gainesville every year, it's like big punk festival for uh, like four days, and I remember doing. Like whippets for four days and drinking PBR and feeling great, and now I even think about that. (laughs) It's like, oh my god! Like, why would? Anyway, I would have to. That's good.
0: (laughs) When (laughs) I was at that bar, they didn't know that I did cool shit in my past. Like you, (laughs) (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) I mentioned whippets, and they all looked at me, and I was like, oh fuck, they don't know what that one is.
1: And then also good because, you know, it just destroys your memory.
0: It really does. And like, they're even like, have you smoked this? Have you done this? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I remember one time I smoked spice and they also looked at me and I was just like, nope, not going to explain that or bath salts or any of it. Never mind. It's right. Just, you know, I'm the adult here. Let me go buy you a drink.
1: Yeah. My God. Yeah, Uh, that's the worst And now I'm like, every time I pass, like, uh, there's a really, um, well, it used to be party central, but now all the people that used to party moved in and had kids, um, in called Mannyunk in Philly. And, um, I, I would just drive that and be like, I threw up in that bar. I had a heat stroke in that bar.
0: Um, (laughs) Don't you love the heat stroke memories? Those are the best.
1: my God. Can I tell you what? Um. I don't know if it's a myth or not, but it worked. It, it, it certainly applied to me. But I've, I've read that the fir- after the first time you, get, you have a heat stroke, you're exponentially more likely to have them again. Um, since I had that first heat stroke at Mad River in Manioc, I've had two other ones, and one of them was at my bachelor party.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That's was karma. It was, it was brutal, too. I mean, we were at a Boston show in um, Connecticut. And I was wearing a plaid shirt in the middle of summer, like a button-up plaid shirt. And I was in the pit for so long that I just stopped sweating. <laughs> and I was like, um, it, it didn't go well after that, so.
0: You had your Woodstock 99 moment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean, luckily you were not that bad of a guy, but yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, could have been worse.
1: To, oh, man. Oh, boy. But, uh.
0: I always find it fascinating when it's like really hot and people at a concert are dressed like that. I used to be like, "Whoa, like go for it," but I would die.
1: Uh, I mean, it was part of the shtick, you know. The Boston's had all that plaid stuff; they wore plaid all the time. And I was like, "I'm gonna if I'm going to a show for my bachelor party, I'm wearing plaid, damn it." Um, Yeah, but 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 it was was July.
0: I saw the Misfits. I want to say a couple years ago, and everyone was in fucking like leather and everything. But it was, like, the beginning of September, and in Chicago, we are very, very hot, and it was, like, yeah. 100 degrees, and I was going to be like, if you guys pass out, that's on you. <laughs> like, I am wearing shorts, a cami, and I'll put on a hoodie if it gets cold, but, yeah, right. leather, no.
1: Yeah, no, and, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the idiot that, like, doesn't wear shorts, you know what I mean? I'm, like, the jeans guy, so, like, it's always a mistake. It's, like, 100 degrees. I'm in a basement. People are sweating. It's, it's like, a... The humidity, you can just, it's dripping from the ceiling and now, oh, heat stroke, there it is.
0: See, <laughs> I'm going to get back into wearing shorts again, but like for the whole last couple of years, I haven't been because of my mm. one tattoo and I stopped wanting to have that conversation with people.
1: Okay. Because
0: it was like highly political and I was just like, you know what, we're just going to wear jeans. We're going to wear jeans until this guy <laughs> is out of office. (laughs)
1: Okay, fair enough
0: And it has worked out Like where it's like no one has had to confront me Unless they've entered my house And then be like, what are you reading in here? What's with these posters? And it's like, yeah, whatever
1: (laughs) See, I just don't wear shorts Because I look like a California raisin You remember California raisins back in the day? Yeah, I do Whoa, Just literal raisins With stick legs and that's how I sort of see myself in, in shorts, just a big round thing and stick legs.
0: Like, as long as you're not wearing, like, sneakers with the white socks and everything, I'm sure it's not that bad. <laughs> but it's, it is true. Guys don't wear shorts a lot.
1: No. I, and, like, um, you know, I'm very tall, so I, I feel I feel really weird wearing shorts for some reason. Because every photo I see of myself, I'm like, my God, you look like a, a, a freak, like these big long legs and then this stubby ass torso. I don't know. It's a personal hang up.
0: We're going to throw you in the freak show. I, I don't know yeah, what your right. billing will be, but you're going to be in the freak show.
1: Yeah. I'm in like in the middle of a Catherine Dunn novel at that. You know? like.
0: Hey, I think we just inspired your next novel.
1: <laughs> oh God. If I okay. could write like her, jeez.
0: Oh, I, I think you definitely, the amount that you write. Yeah. <laughs> like you just keep getting better and better. That's why I was oh. so excited about like Trident picking this up. So what's so, it about?
1: So, um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's about three women. Um, uh, Astrid is our is our protagonist, and she is struggling with a lot of mental health issues. She attempted suicide at one point, uh, and her best friend Willa and her mother Cassie are sort of um, doing their best to make sure that they rally around her and, and do everything that they can for her. And in doing so, they sort of lose track of themselves because they're trying to care for this person so much. Um, and Astrid meets this this zany therapist, Dr. Loonsfoot who um, reveals that she's not actually a therapist. She's an astrophysicist and, and, and uh, who, who knows how to tear a hole in space-time and go to a distant planet where people with um, mental health struggles and people who've, who, who are are very, very uh, attuned to what sadness is and what despair is, where they can go and live and be free in this wonderful, colorful Uh, World, Um, and there's sort of the mystery involved because nobody um, believes (laughs) that this doctor is who she says she is except for um, Cassie's mother who's trying so hard to, you know, trust that things are going well. Things are finally picking back up. Um, So they do some digging, and, and that's where the story goes from there. It picks up there. So you have this... Sort of family drama mixed in with pseudo science fiction and um, it 's real big focus on um, mental health like good grief and this is actually a spiritual sequel to good grief, and those characters from that book show up in this one so um,
0: <laughs> I, was at, I was really about to like throw in the parallels to good grief, and I was like you know he yeah. 'll probably bring it up
1: no yeah, I mean it is when I, when i start, I started writing it in uh, two thousand and eighteen and I suppose, like, you know, Good Grief, you know, dealt with someone dealing with the death of a loved one, and this is, you know, dealing with the potential death of themselves, you know what I mean? And, um, I really wanted to mix that, those universes, so, and I love shared universe stuff, like, I'm a comic book fan, and I loved Brett Easton Ellis novels, and Irvine Welsh novels, because they had characters that carried through, so I wanted to do that myself, um, and it was a lot of fun trying to figure out ways to fit those characters in and the circumstances in while making this completely standalone as well. So in case you didn't read Good Grief, which I can assume you haven't. Um,
0: Ouch, uh, Malden House is good.
1: No, I'm just talking about me, not you guys. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I'd
0: be like, "Damn, party foul!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean mostly because my face is in it. Um, but um, like, you if you read that book and then this one, it's it's a really cool way to see where those characters went.
0: We should just start pushing both books at the same time. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Hell yeah! Like, I love that book. We should talk to Nate, see what we could do. <laughs> be like, come on, man. You know we both want to put them together. They're companion
1: novels. Yeah, yeah. They, and, and that's a...
0: One's a little see. bit more rooted in reality and the other one, not so much.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? This one, this my, my biggest uh, attempt was, okay, if they're going to exist in the same universe, they can't. it can't be too fantastical. It has to be as grounded as the other. Um, and then you'll have to read it to find out What happens with that? But like that light science fiction stuff is part of the mystery bit of this book.
0: Mm -hmm. So I always had a question and for some reason I have never asked other authors this. So I'm going to ask you. Sure. How do you come up with the names for your characters? Oh, man. Um,
1: I'm, I'm the worst namer of characters ever. I going to say you just um,
0: named a kid. I'm sure you don't do characters. Well
1: actually like my, my my wife had had this great name. Miles is my son's name and I just think that's such a um a really beautiful name and all I could think of is like why don't we name him Milo like 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 from the descendants and she's like <laughs> yeah no <laughs> um, but no like with, with Astrid um I named her after a character in uh, a comic book by Jamie McKelvey called Suburban Splendor, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What was it? I can't remember, but it was this really cool, um, you know, urban fantasy sort of fairy realm stuff mixed with um, really funny teenage, ad, I guess ass hattery. <laughs> <laughs> and then um Willa I love that name um it was the the real name the real life uh name of the actress who played uh Thea Queen in Arrow Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah um, and um Cassie because I was watching the 12 monkeys TV series and I really liked the name of one of the characters so I stole it
0: hey it's what we all do seriously when I when as you say all that I'm just like Checks out, checks out That's usually how I do it too (laughs) Got it Just like, oh, I really like this TV series I like that name Gonna take it
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm certainly no, like, Dickens Who has, like, such an intentionality behind the name choices I'm like, no, this is just a name that I found And it sounds right And, um, you know, not too regular, I guess But just regular enough
0: I think they're pretty cool. Astrid really sticks out to me just because it feels like such an old-timey name.
1: Yeah, and and I was was sort of able to build her character around uh, the meaning of that name and, you know, as I'm doing edits, you know what, as I'm doing edits right now, I haven't gotten to that part yet, so I've totally forgotten. (laughs) So it worked, though. It worked when I wrote the damn thing, so when it comes to edits, I'll I'll find it. I'll tweet you.
0: I'm very excited okay like i I just looked up meaning of astrid Astrid is a feminine given name of Scandinavian origin, a modern form blah 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 I don't know compound name composed of the elements of God, beautiful and fair
1: yeah i I think there was um there was a bit of somewhere that I've read I'd done some research that also had like to do with um strength um and I figured a character like hers. Dealing with what she has, it's it. You know, you have to. That the strongest people str- struggle. You know what I mean? Like they, there's, that's just the way it is.
0: Um, yeah, I'm reading. It's so. a strong and powerful name with a touch of femininity. Wow, who comes up with like this shit?
1: <laughs> I think it's just made up. <laughs> like everything's everything made up. So
0: I will say, my name means dark and unfortunate. So <laughs> <laughs> does it really. Yes, it does. Oh, oh, oh wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> I asked my parents if they did that intentionally, and they were like, we just actually ran out of M names. Because all five of us have M names, and M names. I'm the only one who has a cool one. And I was just like, intentionally? And they're like, no, we just ran out.
1: Well, at least it wasn't an intentional thing. Although,
0: <laughs> if it's, dark
1: and unfortunate. That's pretty funny. That is really funny.
0: That's why I like, wanted to be like, did you set me up for this? Like, how dare you? What have you done to me? Whereas, you know, you get Nick. Does Nick mean anything? I mean.
1: No, I think my parents chose it because it it sounded good um, with the last name. I know for a fact that they were talking about naming me Mario after my grandfather. Mm. Um, But, you know, being born in 1985, being called Mario would have been a really poor choice.
0: Um, it would have been you know, hilarious.
1: Oh my God. It would have I mean, built
0: up your strength, you know. Yeah, it
1: would have done something, but like, I mean, or I. Or you might kids. have been
0: crippled, who you know? Maybe you'd be like Stephen King and constantly be writing about how shitty your childhood was like. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. No, I just said, uh, you know, instead of, you know, equating me to uh, a beloved video game, the kids at school just called me Dickolas. Oh God. Yeah, it was the worst.
0: See, I never got anything like that, you know.
1: Good. Good.
0: Just it's people uh, sometimes mispronouncing it, but no, everybody's called me by my last name.
1: And that's a, a damn good last name. I mean you can't <laughs> you can't yeah. contradict that, you know?
0: It really is just one of those like, what are you gonna say about it? You know, there's right. nothing fun to rhyme really exactly. with like Mallory or Smart, so
1: well, that's, that's sort of, I'm glad for my son. Who, like, what are you going to do with Miles? You know what I mean? You, you, how are you going to tear somebody down? I don't know. They'll find some way, I'm sure. But
0: um. I was going to say, I'm going to put that on Twitter. <laughs> be like, can <laughs> yeah. you guys figure out a way to tear the you know, name Miles insult
1: apart? How to a 14-month-old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of this show now.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> but, um... Okay, so obviously, do your students? They know you're a writer. Like, there's no they way do. you could hide it with all your tats and everything.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, they do. Um, the The kids I started, uh, who started as freshmen when I first started at this school, which is now six years ago, um, they asked when they could read my stuff, and I was like, "When you graduate." And then they graduated, and then they were like, hey, can I buy your stuff? And I was like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think some of them have gone on to buy it, though. Um, but I'm
0: going to say, it, tell me the name of this school, and I'm just going to start advertising to them.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny. that There are some, There, I, I built the library I'm at my school from scratch, and there are a bunch of Maudlin House titles in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh
0: yeah, because I remember you guys sending you. were good enough to donate that... um, a
1: whole bunch of books.
0: You no, know what's funny about that though is that we had that box waiting in front of our door for so long, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "We gotta ship it!" And we're like, "Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? No matter when you did it, I was—I I put that call out on Twitter. It's like, "Hey, if you're—if you're, if you're a, uh, an indie press or a, um, uh, an author." Why don't you send us your books for my school library? And I was getting boxes and boxes and boxes of books every day for months. It was, like, such a wonderful showing of of support for building a library for kids who don't have one. You know what I mean? It was so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But I... (laughs) calling these enormously heavy boxes <laughs> to work, and then we don't have an elevator up there, and it's all stairs. You know, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot.
0: I'll say Mr. Nick does not need a gym. Like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to work out. You just need to carry no. the books.
1: Just carry the boxes of books up those stairs, flights and flights of stairs.
0: You know, I was actually going to say, do your students call you Mr. Nick?
1: They do, yeah. We have uh, sort of have a policy. Well... <laughs> We have a policy at the school to go by our first names mostly, so it's, really? um, yeah, so it, the the idea behind it was so that there was um, less of a disconnect between a kid and an adult or like a student and uh, an authority figure. Because um, the one thing I hated in school was when a teacher was acting like, you know, the capital A authority. I'm like, no, dude, you teach math in suburban <laughs> Philadelphia. Chill out. Um so I really liked the idea of being called Mr. Nick so they could so I could, you know, connect with a kid better but also When I first started working uh, with kids, it was in juvenile justice, and for whatever reason, everybody there went by Mr. and whatever their first name was. So that kind of stuck, and that's why all of my social media handles are Mr. Nick, and that's why many of my friends refer to me as Mr. Nick.
0: Yeah, I like to call (laughs) you Mr. Nick, too. I'm going to start calling you that in person now. There
1: you go. Listen, it wouldn't be new, and I wouldn't be upset.
0: God, I was so close to seeing you in person, like a uh, month or so ago. Damn I know. you!
1: I know. Hey, listen, having a kid can really <laughs> change the way your availability, I should say.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna say Joseph brought his kid.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, that I, I, from the pictures I've seen, that the kid is older than Miles, isn't
0: he? Um, he's still like he's walking, but like I, I want to yeah. say he's still like infant toddlery.
1: Yeah, so he when, was crying you, a lot
0: during the reading. That's why I didn't put <laughs> see, any that's, videos.
1: That's what I didn't want. You know what I mean? Hey, maybe um, they would
0: have distracted each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Listen, the, there's there's nothing more stressful, and like I, because I know how I was in public when somebody had their kid there and they were like losing it, and like I was sitting there like, Will you bring your kid in here. This is a brewery, being an asshole, and then I'm bringing my kid to a brewery, and I know the people in there like why'd you bring your kid in here? This is a brewery.
0: <laughs> so, I'll be sure not to tweet shit like that now.
1: <laughs> I, I am acutely aware of <laughs> if my kid's freaking out, I know exactly what people are thinking. So I'll just s- stay home.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know it doesn't make people happy when I have my like reactions like on an airplane. Or, like I literally <laughs> no. once like, nudged Blunt on our way home from right. L.A., it was a long goddamn flight, and this kid was awake forever, just screaming. And I was just oh like, "Have you ever wish that you could just like throw a kid from the airplane? <laughs> just ditch him?"
1: The answer is yes. Can has. we flush him? Can we flush yeah, the kid right. out? <laughs> you just put him in the bathroom and see what happens. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no. I, that's that's my biggest nightmare of of just being having an inconsolable kid. In A pressurized metal tube 30,000 feet in the air
0: <laughs> And then that's how I know I'm not totally ready to be a parent Because then I was like Why can't you just be a decent person And drug your kid For the sake of <laughs> everyone else <laughs> Knock <laughs> that kid out
1: You know I, I always was kid I would kid about it. Like hey you know what I, got, I, I have tons of whiskey Just rub it on the kid's gums It'll be fine And like part of me is like Sometimes it's like That doesn't sound so bad you know, of course I know what it It
0: doesn't totally that I mean, no, my mom said that when I was, like, teething And this is how you know that, like, she was definitely old school She would rub uh, rum on my gums. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm That was a thing And now, you know, you talk about that in public And people give you dirty looks You know what I
0: mean? I know, they'd be like, how dare you? Yeah, I know I have, like, an older sibling who's probably, like, okay Like, 17 years older than me, so Tad older than you yeah and she would give her kids when they're on a plane, like you know, nighttime medicine, medication. You know, <laughs> smart. That, that was fine. Now, smart, not fine.
1: No, and and now, like, if, if my God, I couldn't even imagine. Because if you tell somebody, you don't know if they're going to like call child protective services.
0: Why don't I mean? tell them? You'll make <laughs> right, exactly. this kid is so tired. Yeah, look at him. I mean,
1: he's really great on a plane, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah. I seriously once asked, and this is how you know I'm the worst human being ever. <laughs> the closest thing to a child I have is my cat. And mm. my cat, she takes after me, and she has an anxiety disorder. <laughs> and my cat has Xanax.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: I know. And, like, I even, like, asked my doctor once. And I was just like, so do they make, like, kid versions of that? <laughs> Like, they they obviously make cat versions of Xanax. Like, you could right. like, a little <laughs> kid version. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, similarly, like, my dog Willow uh, had just become me. And this is the most nervous, like, neurotic, strange dog now. Like, you take her anywhere, she's just, like, screaming in the car, screaming. And it's kind of how I am anytime I'm going somewhere new.
0: Oh, my cat, she does it where, like, Okay, I never put her in the uh, cage because it scares the shit out of her and I don't want her to be, like, a prisoner. She'll try and, like, look up at the window and, like, she is the saddest meow and then she'll look at me like, why did you do this to me? (laughs) Like, where are we going? Why? Why are you doing this?
1: (laughs) How dare you? That's too funny.
0: It's definitely, like, not even, like, an anger. It's one of those, like, look of hurt and betrayal.
1: Yeah. And I was yeah. just like,
0: "We're moving. I need you to take you to the new house."
1: <laughs> this is—you're better off for this.
0: Yeah. Uh, then say "Let's get the." <laughs> <laughs> and then running like under the car seat, and you're like, "Oh fuck! I'm never gonna get her out." <laughs>
1: no. 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 Willow is a, is afraid of the uh, the windshield wipers. So if if it's raining, I have to either cover this dog's eyes or let her jump into my lap as I'm trying to drive
0: in the rain. It's Is it a a big dog?
1: Yeah, she's a golden retriever. She's like 75 pounds.
0: (laughs) See, my cat, scared of the rain. Um, She, I cannot handle it. In Chicago, we get, I don't know if it's as bad in Philly as it is here, but, like, we get intense rainstorms. Um, we're like, I, you know, like we almost get tornadoes. We do get tornadoes mm. occasionally. My cat will like cling on to me, but cause she has the claws, that shit yeah. hurts like hell. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Jesus.
0: I mean, hell, even, oh my God, I hate it. I just realized we're heading into tornado season. Fuck. Oh
1: my God. Uh, we never used to get tornadoes here. Like I remember when I was in high school, a tornado touchdown in like Northeast Philly. I mean, like it destroyed some guy's, like, um, auto body shop. And, and that was it. It was, like, totally localized to this poor man's shop. And now, like, a tornado touched down, like, three miles from our house a couple years ago, maybe two years ago now, and it just destroyed everything.
0: I was going to say, when I was a kid, a tornado touched down, and it caused a tree to Donnie Darko my bedroom. Get out. Yeah, I was in the bait. Don't worry. We listen when the alarm goes off. (laughs) Yeah, good. Not totally. It depends on your age. If you're a little kid, you're like, get the fuck down to the basement. These days, we kind of look and be like, I think I could (laughs) decide if a tornado's coming here or not.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, I have my my asshole neighbor to think that there's no trees around our house anymore because he either convinced me to take them down against my will or just had them taken down because he works for the township. Jerk. So I'm not getting in the basement. No way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess at the basement it's boring as hell too cuz like there's nothing to do. You're sitting there like I hope the tornado doesn't hit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? During um the pandemic, uh I cleaned out in the basement. I put a bunch of bookshelves down there and like Godzilla posters and all kinds of shit, a TV and DVD player and thinking Wow. Well,
0: if you have a in tornado, a it's tornado, fine.
1: Well, but if it knocks out the power, then it's just a regular basement again.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is very really true. You <laughs> know, everyone has their iPads now. That's cool. That's true. That's yeah. true.
1: I bought a new iPad like three or four weeks ago. I used it twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I live in an apartment building now, so when this shit happens and it goes off one... For some reason, we are nowhere near the tornado siren, so I'll hear more storm shit first before the actual, like, tornado sirens or whatever. It's terrifying. Yeah. But I'll God. get knocks on my door from, like, neighbors and be like, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> and, like, we're all the same age on my floor, and we really? do not know what to do. We're all like, what's, what's the plan? Where do we go? Where do we go? <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, I never understood the whole basement thing to begin with. Like, if the tornado picks up the house, then you're totally exposed.
0: (laughs) So Nick's not from the Midwest. Let's explain it to Nick. Um, (laughs) It's not like the movie Twister. (laughs) It tends not to pick up the house. Well, as far as I know, that's a
1: documentary, okay?
0: Uh, You know, it's a great movie, okay? (laughs) I want to, like, salute Bill Paxton, say what up, man? You're my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the OG,
1: the OG character actor in, in nonsensical '90s and '80s movies.
0: I'll say, you know, I don't know if anyone loved him more than I, except maybe yeah. James Cameron. Yes, <laughs> his but character no.
1: in Aliens when he's dragged
0: under the floor is just like. He is wow! I love him and everything. I like even so his good. cameo in the Terminator. See, full circle, Terminator. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the punk that got the heart ripped out, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool.
0: I, I really like his one line: "Is fuck you, dude." <laughs> and he like does the switchblade.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff.
0: I mean, I did see. Oh my god, I'm hating it. I'm forgetting the vampire movie I watched. Uh, Catherine Bigelow made it back when she was married to James Cameron, and he's one of the vampires. He always has the best one-liners, and he's like, it's finger looking good. Is that the Lost Boys? No, it's just like Mallory's going to look it up, because I did an entire podcast episode about this for that horror (laughs) (laughs) cast. I watched too many movies, Nick. Oh, shit. Near Dark.
1: Near Dark. Hmm. And I
0: actually named the episode, It's finger Looking Good. (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. Cause he's a cowboy vampire.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at that looking at it right now. This it looks crazy.
0: Watch it. I, I highly recommend it.
1: Well let me let me so let me ask you this. So I know you like with with your your horror podcast, like you watch some aggressively gory movies, right?
0: I watch all sorts of uh films. I prefer slasher Right now, I'm going through a bit of, like, a supernatural phase, but okay. it's, it's been fucking me up. I need to get out of that phase. Yeah. Um, I- Dave, DT Robbins, keeps trying to get me to watch, um, oh, I fucking hate it, like, the actual, like, found footage ones.
1: Oh, like Skin of <laughs>
0: It fucks me. Like, I cannot handle it, because I get motion sickness <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, I hate like torture porn style movies, if that's what you're yeah, talking okay. about. Can't do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: because like I know a couple of my friends at work like were huge terrifier fans. Mm. And I read the parental guidance in IMDb. And that's like the, the descriptions of those murders turn to my stomach.
0: See, it won't really fuck me up to the point where like it... Mm. It, the only things that scare me are actual, like, real-life things that could happen to you.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's not like a fear thing for me with the gore. It's more like when I was a kid, so bring, you know, bringing it back to Aliens, um, they released, <laughs> like, a, a toy line uh, based on Aliens, uh, and I was, like, six or seven. When that stuff came out, and I remember asking my mom to watch Aliens, and she was like, "Yes, we can, but you can never repeat the bad words that you hear, and I'll tell you when to cover your eyes." And that she is totally the forgot best kind of parent. Oh yeah, I mean she's a she's the best. I mean, talking, we listened to Black Sabbath records and watched Aliens when I was six or seven.
0: <laughs> I almost want to be like, "Can I be adopted as a thirty-two-year-old?" <laughs> but
1: okay. Yeah. Um, but I remember, like when when Bishop gets torn in half by the Queen Alien, it's not even red blood. It's just it's just gross. <laughs> um, I have had a weird aversion to gore ever since, and I can't get past it.
0: Like I can watch it; it makes me feel like I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. But like I feel a million times worse if like I see bugs in a movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. bugs are the worst.
0: Like, when I was watching Amityville Horror, I knew that there was that fly scene. But, yeah, the flies. <laughs> the flies. That's what fucked me up.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I saw, uh, you talked about, like, found footage stuff. Like, I saw Skinamarink in the theater. Um, and I had to leave. Because it wasn't like I was afraid. There was just this creeping sense of dread that just became more and more intense and there was never any payoff, you know what I mean? There was never any, like, release from that pressure. So I was like, you know what, I I gotta fucking leave.
0: (laughs) See, I hate it because in high school, all of my friends actually thought I was legitimately afraid of the Blair Witch Project because I had to leave the theater. And obviously they were doing a re-release because by high school that, like, movie had been however many years old. Yeah. But... No, it was actually just the motion sickness. So, like, I had to get up and run and leave to the bathroom. And I was just, like, (laughs) throwing up. And my friends were like, Mallory's terrified of the Blair Witch. (laughs) And I was like, fuck you, assholes. Like, if it was a normally made film, I'd be fine. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, I'm not afraid of shit. (laughs) Maybe by those little creepy stick figure things, but that's it. God. God. I'm told that there's that really weird snot scene. I missed it by then.
1: Yeah. I I don't even remember that movie very well, to be honest. Like, it was, I don't know. I mean, the hype was so big when it came out that everybody was kind of disappointed.
0: Well, I think it's because they were hyping it, like, for people like me. Where it's like, people can't stand it. They're running out of the theaters. And it's like, no, it's because we have motion sickness. We're not scared.
1: You're making people ill, not afraid. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But, no, I won't say The Exorcist. They had a very similar, like, you know what? We don't have to get too into horror movies. Let's stick to the music and books, shall we?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good. It works. I
0: was going to be like, I, I have another podcast devoted to that. I'll <laughs> save it for that one. You We're be all over the place tonight, if it? you want.
1: Yeah. Well, it depends on what we watch, because I told you about my gore thing. So <laughs>
0: Hey, I'm into the, like, old fashion campy slashers that's my fave right now
1: yeah yeah
0: but um so you're so heavily into punk you're in a ska punk band is that the right way to describe uh,
1: you it's 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 skate we don't have any horns. No um, horns we're not that we're not that fun okay um no we're just really fast we're like uh, no fx no use for a name lag wagon type so, uh, like Southern California speed, um, but from southeastern Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> so the kind of music that Tony Hawk's pro skater would use in a we video We did
1: a we did a Tony Hawk pro skater cover set for Halloween at a brewery around here. We played all the classics except for the Scout ones because we don't have any horns.
0: Yeah, and you need to make some friends. Yeah. That. yeah, like you know, just put a listing out. Yeah. I don't you even know, know how I, you do that anymore you know, these
1: days. Uh, I've, never, I've never been in a band with somebody I didn't already know and was friends was friends with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I've never auditioned to be in a band. I've never held an audition for people to join my bands. It was just like, hey, we're going to do this because we like each other.
0: Um, why you didn't have that, like, really cool Gilmore Girls experience where, like, you had the garage and we're having people try and audition to be lead guitar. (laughs) No. And no insanely famous rock star came in and is 20 years uh, older than the rest of you. Yeah.
1: No, sadly, Sebastian Bach did not come by our practice space in our drummer's basement (laughs) in high school.
0: It would be a fantasy moment. It would be great. Oh,
1: totally. It would be awesome. It was like, Skid Row was awesome back in the day.
0: <laughs> okay, I do actually have to ask, if there was like an amazing musician who were to do that, who would you want it to be?
1: Oh. Um, this is, listen, this is going to sound pretty on, on brand, but uh, Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. Hmm. Um, that dude knows how to fucking play guitar, and he's really smart. He's also super weird. Um, but I would love to, to, to be in a band with him because he's just, he's the dude who's like, Hey, if it's, if we do this, we're going to do it really fast and we're going to annoy people with it. I'm like, great, let's do it. Sounds one. Sounds perfect.
0: (laughs) We need to hook you up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That dude's been a, a hero of mine since like I saw, I, I saw like the, the video for Josie in like 1998, uh, with Alyssa Milano and,
0: Um, Whatever happened to her? Wow I
1: don't know I don't know She like She like Canceled herself which was crazy. I don't know how she did that.
0: Well, um, that's amazing. Yeah. How do we do that? I
1: don't know. I don't know. But she was like in the forefront of like all these these really worthwhile movements, and just like collapsed like a dying star. I don't know. I shouldn't be talking about someone I don't know anything about. But um, that's yeah, what you do with one.
0: celebrities. We don't know yeah, anything right. about
1: them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Now, uh, yeah, but I, I would love to to play guitar with with Tom DeLonge, uh, and just. See how really weird he actually is because he's a weird dude.
0: You know, you have no idea, though. Seriously, how weird people actually are. You know, when it comes to like the image versus the reality. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to remember who it was. I was watching. um, Have you ever watched that Jerry Seinfeld thing on Netflix? Comedians in cars getting coffee.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to remember who was it that bored the ever living fuck out of me. I think it was Aziz sorry. Really? I know, where I was like, wow. this is probably the worst episode ever. You're just a boring-ass <laughs> guy. Yeah, Jesus. Like, you're just really good at pretending to be fun and crazy. Wow.
1: You know, the the Patton Oswald episode when they took the DeLorean, which then broke down and they had to rent a second DeLorean, was, <laughs> <laughs> was, was a perfect episode for me.
0: Yeah, there's some pretty classic ones. <laughs> yeah. See, this is also sponsored by Jerry Seinfeld and his millions of cars.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, his own personal I watched, parking I watched that show. Yeah, I watched that show. By the way, like Seinfeld itself, um, more than I, more than I should. I I laugh every time too.
0: Oh, I love Seinfeld.
1: It's just the greatest show ever.
0: <laughs> I feel like we're the last generation that really gets to say that because I. Like, I guess I will say Gen Z. They don't watch our shit. That well, no, They don't watch that. No. Well,
1: I don't, Which is a shame because all those, like a ton of Seinfeld, I shouldn't say all because it's just not true, but a ton of those Seinfeld episodes were just real in that they were so stupid and they hold up because people are so stupid. <laughs> the only one that doesn't work to, that comes to mind right away is like the, the parking garage episode where they could have been solved immediately with a cell phone.
0: I will say, that, that one's actually so funny. I like that. It's happened to me so many times. <laughs> well,
1: maybe it still does hold up, and who am I?
0: But, you know, you just said with cell phones. I mean, I really didn't have that thing, like, where you could write a note on your phone and be like, this is where I am. Or, like, <laughs> what is it? People, like, drop a pin or whatever on it. Like, I, don't know. I wouldn't
1: know how to do that in the first place. Not I'm not the, the one in
0: charge of finding the car these days. <laughs> That's up to someone else in this household. <laughs> but I do remember once, like, as a teenager, I lost my car and, like, we were searching for it for two hours in the snow. Oh, my God. And we found out that we actually passed it, like, ten times.
1: <laughs> See, I would have had an absolute panic attack at just, just being in that situation.
0: But when you're in a, like, when you're a teenager, it's one of those, like, oh, my God, just where's the car? What do we do? But you're not (laughs) freaking the shit out. That the only thing is find the car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was a pretty high-strung teenager, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) I was the most, I missed out on so much anxiety in high school. (laughs) Like, to the point where, like, I don't know, I guess there were things I really should have been a lot more, like, weary of and terrified of but I was just mm. so oblivious
1: like See, shit was, was just
0: happening and I was like whatever
1: I had this bizarro penchant to like um, be a terrible student and lie about it until like the pressure built so much and like the report card came out and proved that I was once again a liar <laughs> like it was just like wait a minute why, why did I do that to myself four times a year for four years <laughs> And then, you know, I probably created most of my own problems in doing that to myself. But whatever. What can I say?
0: Back in high school, like, I guess I liked the moments when I had anxiety because they're almost like adrenaline inducing mm-hmm. moments. Because I was mm-hmm. the procrastinator. That's who I yes. was. Yeah. So if like you'd be like, you have a five page essay due because like, I think it's like the max they give for high schoolers. Right. Sure.
1: Well, I don't even remember. I wouldn't have I done don't it. I know.
0: <laughs> but, like, I, I remember that And, like, they'd be like, you have three weeks And, like, it'd be the night before oh, That sure. i do it Or, like, oh, sure. a summer reading Be like, you have all summer to read these couple books It'd be, like, week before Yeah totally. And then well, just, you know like, what? the anxiety and
1: adrenaline be like, force you through it Yeah, well, you know, when it came to, like, assigned books Like, I, I, I read all the time I love to read, I love books But if somebody says, hey Read this I'm like No. (laughs) And I don't. It's like this weird mental block. It's like, you assign that to me. I'm not reading that.
0: I mean, I will say when we talked about like how some people do some pretty shitty stuff to books, I did that once. Uh, I burned a book. Did you really? I actually, a few of my friends did it with me and the teacher found out and uh, she ended up putting it on our midterm we, we thought we were done with it. <laughs> and then we all had to buy the book again.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And then we we're like, okay, fuck this shit now. Let's burn the other one. And then she decided to put that shit on the final. And I was oh just like, God. you're a sadist.
1: <laughs> I still have the, the majority of the books assigned to me from high school. I do, um, too. And, like, I, I have, like, my notes and like it's like Nick Gregorio 8B or 9B, whatever it was, um, like Ragtime. I still have my copy of Ragtime, and I look upon that book fondly. And I don't remember a damn word of it, but I remember really liking it in high school.
0: If you find any of the like traditional high school books on my bookshelf, you're going to find that I wrote a lot of weird shit in it. <laughs> Like, because I'd also pass like my friends and I did this where we'd write notes to each other in our books and pretend we were just showing each other the book.
1: Nice, that's good. That's really
0: good. So we would do that, and I have a lot of weird like drawings and stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's funny.
0: Yeah, like I don't know. And also, I once wrote like an entire short story on one of my book covers because I was just bored as hell, and I was like, I'd rather do this.
1: No, no, that's that's legit. That's legit. One of my... Uh, I was so... I loved Beowulf in high school. I still love Beowulf in a lot of ways. Um, but I had this one particular copy of it, and I couldn't find it. Uh, I was looking for it a few years ago. I was devastated. Um, but then I quickly found it on eBay and bought it again. But it's not the same.
0: You know what I mean? hmm No, it's never the same. No. But, um... Tell me about what kind of music would go with Launch Me to the Stars. Well, you
1: know, I was thinking about this the other day and I texted you about it or I DM'd you about it. I was like, I don't know what to even pair with this because it's not, like, Good Grief was very much like a a punk rock book. Like, there were so many references to songs and lyrics and stuff and, like, this was a totally different thing. It's like, like Star Trek is its um like pop culture core. Um mm-hmm. but then I thought I was like I wrote this first the original first chapter, which was scrapped when I went to do the second draft. Um but I wrote that to um The Naked and Famous. Um their record uh passive me, aggressive you mm-hmm. that came out in like two thousand eleven. And that song, the first song on the on that record is um I'm trying to think of the title. I can't even... Hold on one second. Uh, the song is called All of This. It's the first track on that album, and it is exactly the song that was supposed to be playing during that opening scene, that that soundtrack to that opening scene.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dig that.
1: Yeah. No, it's like that, that really cool electro-pop from the, uh, I guess the early 2010s that, like, I just loved. And... This really worked.
0: See, I definitely was imagining kind of a uh, Synthy music to
1: it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, and and it was, yeah. I I, I didn't. I also was thinking of like um like the band Survive. Um, they did Ooh, the Stranger yes. Things soundtracks. You know, like a lot of that. But they're a little too, like, uh, I don't know. Their music is a little too, um, dark for this book because you know the the themes of you know having to deal with suicidal ideation and uh suicide attempts is like the, those are very serious and very dark and um but the book is is often very light um and funny and and sweet um, and I didn't think a very dark synth would work so I think if you can find like the you know what else would go go well? Um, <laughs> uh, sleigh bells.
0: Mm. Yeah, that would definitely go well.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Cynthia, electric guitars, and shouting—that works too.
0: See, I think you should definitely like write out a good playlist and be like, "I recommend listening to these songs to these songs."
1: Yeah, and and that's what we did with with Good Grief, and I just didn't—I guess because I literally put the set list in the book as you were reading it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, that's a good idea. I think I might have to because um, that was one thing that I didn't, like I tried to stay away from in terms of, you know, in, during the writing process because it was so close to good grief and, you know, thematically. And I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that I could differentiate the two um, in every way possible. So staying away from music was, was the, uh, That way to do it. Except for that opening scene, which now is only referenced and it's not in the opening scene anymore. So.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's very impressive that, like, you know, you're someone in a band and you're actually able to separate it from the writing. Yeah, I mean, it was just. um, Because I I wouldn't be able to help it. Like, I I would keep, like, kind of being like, oh shit, I referenced this again.
1: (laughs) No, like, when. um, So these characters, so. Uh, cassie Astrid's mother and astrid um, they cassie sort of she had astrid young very young sixteen, um, and had nothing you know what i mean had to to build and all she had were uh, a box of old dVDs sets of television series, and the one that spoke to her most was the original Star Trek series just because it was you know, fantastical and weird and sort of campy and goofy and offered like this, this you know, cockeyed sort of sense of hope. But then she, you know, that became part of her. That becoming, you know, looking to the stars for hope and endless possibility and Astrid sort of got that from her. So I wanted to make sure that if we were going to do anything, if I was going to reference anything, it was going to be Star Trek or some science fiction stuff because they were fans of science fiction or are science fan or, or fans of a uh, science fiction movies and TV stuff. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. It, had, it has a, the focus was most important to make sure that it was, you know, a literal, like a spiritual sequel, not something like a retread. Um, so that was one of the ways I did it, and hopefully it worked.
0: <laughs> All right, that was Nick Gregorio, or Mr. Nick, as I like to call him. You can keep up with his work via Twitter, at Mr. Underscore Nick, or at NickGregorio.com. Along with that, you can also check out his link tree, Mr. Nick, capital M, capital N, and his Instagram, Mr. underscore Nick. As always, everything will be spelled out in the show notes and links will be shared there. Also, don't forget the special discount on Trident Press for 10% off of your order with the code Trident Press in all caps. Now let me get you out of here with some quick requests. Please check out our Twitter at PodHealing and take a look at our website, textualpodcast.com. Show us support by going on to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review or subscribe to us on Spotify. We'll be back next week with John Cotter to discuss his memoir, Losing Music, coming out April 11th from Milkweed Editions. This is Mallory Smart. Thank you for listening to the show.